Thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. We are so excited to be here with Allie Fister of Bolare PR. Um, And one of the coolest things about getting to do these podcast interviews is I get to connect with some old friends. And so this is really fun to be here um, in your office, which is amazing. I wish people could see this. We'll have to post some pictures. Um, So, Allie, we really want to start with getting kind of a background on you, um, how you started the agency and um, and kind of what took you from from A to Z. So you just start telling us your story and I'm going to ask away on behalf of all of our listeners. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, first and foremost, for having me. It's such an okay. honor and a pleasure. Yes. Um, so I started Bilari. Um, a little bit about my career in general, I guess, is that uh, right out of college, I was on the early team of women's online retailer, shopbop.com. We've heard of that. So yeah, <laughs> I was getting ready to graduate and um, was aware of Bob actually through my college roommate's identical twin sister. And I wrote a pitch letter to Bob Lamy, the the founder and owner of ShopBob. And I said... And were you ju- literally just I was, graduating? I was just graduating. I said, wow. you know, I'm 21. I know everything there is to know about life. In that confident way, only you can yeah. do at 21, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So self-assured. Yeah. And I wrote it, though, as a pitch and ideas I could bring to the table, noting that I was their target customer. Oh, wow. And, you know, I really think if I had written a traditional cover letter, you know, yeah. my mom says I'm great, I'm really hardworking, that I wouldn't have been able to have that same type of feedback that I was able to, you know, get him literally engaged and interested right. because it had meat and potatoes to the to the letter. So, um, you know, with that, I got a cold, right. you know, I got a phone call from Bob and I was like, gosh, where's the 608 area code? And it's Madison, <laughs> Wisconsin. And I ended up moving out to Madison from Malibu and being wow. on a very early team of shopoff.com. And what was great about that for me is it allowed me to learn a ton because on a, you know, a high growth, relatively, you know, startup team environment, you have the opportunity if you're willing, able, and hungry to get exposure to a lot of different, you know, lenses of a growing business. So I ran And give us some context. What year was that? Because that was in 2004. Yeah. So, I mean, relatively speaking, relatively early on. It was. And and what was happening, yeah. And, you know, um, what was interesting about it is I ran our photo shoots. I wrote the product descriptions. I actually pitched and ended up appearing on about 400 television shows doing style segments. I've been on the Today Show standing out on that great plaza saying, like, how do you buy a T-shirt online? I kid you not. That's relatively, I mean, not that long ago. Yeah. So the business grew exponentially and, you know, my face and, you know, persona was out there a lot more than a publicist typically is because there was a lot of consumer education to shopping online at the time. And uh, Amazon actually acquired ShopBob. And in that transition, um, through coaching, through my parents and through Bob himself, the owner of ShopBob, I said, well, how about I start my own consulting firm and you guys are the first client. That's about when we met. Yes, it is. And they agreed. And out of my apartment, Bellari was born. 
So I was able to take my old job, you know, so it it saved me a lot of the challenges that other people starting a business have because I had this great security of having my, you know, original job. Sure. And then the ability and that entrepreneurial curiosity on how can we scale this? Like what other businesses am I interested in working with and on and for? So I started to talk to clients um, very early on. A lot of it too was, and it still is today, frankly, referral based. Um, And it's the business is scaled now where we have offices in New York and LA and people in London. Which can I just say, I don't mean to be like maternal, but I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Having known you in that, you know, in that initial time when this was a new and was even then quite successful i mean you thank you having shop bop was not a bad gig for sure absolutely not but you earned that thank you and it's amazing to to see where you are now and for all those listening um that you're able to inspire um for them not necessarily a pr firm yeah for them what what could that be so just wanted to pause thank you no i appreciate that. that very much you know i i think it's really A lot of a testament of, you know, the harder you work, the more lucky you get. And no matter what the scope or project is, challenging yourself to like engage and understand what the project is and develop really unique and interesting ideas on how you will do a great job for that project. And then being relentless to make sure that you you deliver those results that you talked about. You know, I think a lot of times in small businesses, people get really excited to grow the business. So people ask them to do things that are outside of their core capabilities. Mm -hmm. And my whole mantra is be really clear and definitive about what you do and what you do really, really well so that you can do it really, really well for those people that want to engage you. And then there's plenty of work to be had in whatever vertical you're in. Sure. But make sure you're clear with those expectations on this is what I do. And, and I this is a lot. the only thing and I do. And this is the I only thing write. I do. And right. it's not to say you can't push yourself and grow and expand, sure. but be ready to net invest in that because you've got to turn out those results. All the time, I even today, you know, very businesses I'd love to work with. Well, can you also, you know, help us with sure. wholesale or advise on a retail strategy? And I say, I'll share my personal opinions, but sure. my core professional expertise lies here. Yeah. And this is what our team delivers well. Right. And, you know, life is a lot about that referral network. And it's, I think, been a big key to our success. Did you know that as the, so how old were you when you, when Bob and your parents and, yeah. and you, you, you know, advised you and you yeah. made that jump? How old were you then? 25. Okay. So at 25, did you know what you're saying to me now based on your experience or was that learned? Like, because as a 25 year old, yeah. it's really easy to get excited about. Yeah, 100%. I can do that too. I can do that yeah. too. You know, I, I definitely was in a lucky position in the sense where, we've always had more in reach than, than anything. Yeah. So it did allow me to naturally do that. Um, certainly there's been some lessons where I learned, you know, this is what you're really great, good at, but um, it wasn't as much of a conscious choice at 25 as it is now. Sure. But um, you know, that was, uh, I think a good byproduct of doing a great job for people. And so you have multiple people saying, Hey, do that for me. And the people that said, Hey, do that exactly for me. I was like, I can do that. The people yeah. said, Hey, kind of do that for me. I'd say, well, I've got all these people that really sure. want to work with me on what I do. So sure. I'll work here. And then that probably became very important when you brought in uh, staff and oh had to gosh, train yes. them. It was like, this is what this we, is what we yes want to do. To. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that what we focus on expands. Mm-hmm. And so if you can stay focused on, you can 
you can deliver and and over deliver in in a meaningful way, not outside of Absolutely. your scope, within your scope. Absolutely, and you know, and that we're in a client services basis, you know, our client services um, space. So to be able to have that base of uh, you know a clear statement of work, to have that baseline information to work off of, I mean, yeah. that is huge. Yeah. Okay, tell us because I'm realizing our listeners don't necessarily know. You do public relations yes, for what type yes, of yes. company? Okay, so now, all these years later, 11 years in, Bellari is a full-service communications firm, and we work with fashion, beauty, lifestyle, and accessories brands mm-hmm. to deliver publicity. But again, it wants to be clear with our clients on what kind of publicity. So we even hyper-splice that up across core um, editorial coverage, celebrity relationships, digital influencer seeding and ambassador relationships Mm. and setting up partnerships and co-branded adjacencies. So clients can work with us and now different scopes of work within this matrices of an agency. So the agencies, as it's grown now to have 65 employees, we can be a bit more of a resource, but to still be very definitive with a client on what our scope of work is and then whom on my team is the expert in that space, both from a category as well as from an executional standpoint. And again, that clarity and that's of that scope of work. And this is what we do and what we do really well has been instrumental for us. That's awesome. Um, so let me go back one step. So when you started at ShopBop, the, the, were you pursuing a career in public relations? When or, I started at ShopBop. Or was Shop it about Up, the company? It was, you know, when I started at ShopBop, it was really about the ability to, to learn a lot about okay. the fashion industry. I thought, well, if I can work at a retailer, that yeah. means that they will, I will have point of touch in some way, shape, or form to the brands that they retail. Sure. And... I can understand then the ways you could work within fashion because I will work in the publicity arena. And at the time, I wasn't even in a department at ShopUp. I was a publicity person. Um, But, you know, because it's a tight enough organization, I will sit near the people who do buying, merchandising, et cetera. And I'll just learn. And into these different Yeah, because I was so young. You know, I'd interned at some great places throughout university. And I saw it's not just what you do, it's where you do it. Sure. And I do think I was, you know, again, very fortunate to have, you know, wonderful professors, wonderful parents who put these thoughts in my young head of, you know, life is not a race. It's a journey. So, you know, the more you can look around and absorb – the more you'll right. enjoy what you actually end up doing. Yeah, we're ne- we'll need to hashtag that. It's not what you do, it's where you do it. I yeah. think that's that's not something we hear all the time. So when when it was time to emerge, now we're going to get to the entrepreneurial piece, what made you know that an agency really going into PR and developing what is now a full-service communications agency, what made you know that was the path for you? What piece of that pie did you like after that? those early years and that early experience? I love seeing how the publicity campaigns that we did at ShopBop could have a marked impact in a positive Mm. way for a growing business. I loved that ability to be part of a growth story for, at the time, a high growth brand ShopBop. And what I also thought was interesting is that ShopBop, you know, I launched a lot of different initiatives from a designer boutique to a bridal service to, you know, different exclusives, et cetera. And no one campaign was ever the same. So yeah. I love that we could be, I could be part of seeing that my efforts had a direct impact and result as well as that it was constantly creative. And that was with one client, now one brand. 
again, that brand, that retailer had many brands, which added to that diversity, but it made me realize I like that. I enjoy that juggle. I enjoy that challenge. You know, early clients for me were working with Erin Condren, a beautiful stationary business to, you know, shop up. And it's about identifying what the through line is there. So you can apply your expertise at that time, both of those e-com, you know, et cetera. But such a different way to have a marked impact on two totally different kinds of businesses. And that's my favorite part of it today. Yeah. It probably satisfies for a lot of us that are entrepreneurial that like, Oh, I want to start something new because you sort of get to with each new client. Exactly. Reimagine what that can be and come at it from a different point of view. One of my favorite things is in the, the new business meetings. It's not to see, I mean, of course, a little bit like, can we win this account? Yeah. But to hear the different entrepreneurial stories or the different challenges from a CMO or a marketing director, that to me is so interesting to be like, yeah. okay, where are we? Where do we want to go? And how do I think that my team could be a part of getting from point A to point B? Yeah. And that to me, that constant challenge, that, you know, that creative uh, conundrum yeah. is what it keeps exciting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think that's an answer for all those people out there who are like, the problem with me is I have all these great ideas and I, yeah. and, and you need to have the follow through. hundred percent. Sure. It's, it, that is a kickoff a, to a lot of hard work, yes, but yes. it's, it's interesting yeah, to me. It's a nice way. It's a nice space that you've created for that. So there's this great Diane von Furstenberg quote. I'm sure you've heard it, but it's, she says, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew the woman I wanted to become. Yeah. And for you, was it the what or the become? What was the, what was the thing that was dangling in front of you that helped you sort of forge that path? I I think because I was so young, it was really about the journey and the mm-hmm. constant challenge. And I do think that to me is is very interesting to this day, you know, all these yeah. years later being into it. You know, my day to day, I have met a prestige beauty brand and talked about challenges there, a brand that is the fastest growing brand out of the UK and they're coming to the States. And how do you take some of what works over in, you know, central London and how do you apply that to New York or Los Angeles? Um, You know, after this, I'm going to go meet a friend of ours who is in a much more high growth entrepreneurial space, just brought on some, you know, big guy investors behind this idea and like is in this total zone of, you know, ideation with it. And like, how do you like take those two different personalities and communicate to me that, that journey is what's exciting. And so I don't know if I ever think I will become something. I mean, every day I feel like I'm part of like learning and being shaped by these different experiences. And to me that like constant learning is what's The most and that's intriguing. the becoming actually. I guess maybe, yeah, maybe it's you know, not the yeah. focus is not on not the vision an end of, point, but yeah. like that journey to me yeah. is what's really interesting. I love that you keep referring to the journey because I think um, in 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 life for sure, but just as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. there is there does need to be an embracing of the journey because yes. the thing that you probably set out to do will not be realized in the immediate. And when it is realized, you often, you've moved on to what's next. You never are really able to celebrate the, we're here because you've already grown the vision or you've, you sort of got your, you got your wits about you and you realized how you could expand it. So you're never, there isn't ever this point of arrival. So it really needs to be, embracing and enjoying the journey in order for you to feel I think the success of what you're you're doing you need to be able to be like I'm, I'm in it 
I'm doing it every day. Every day is a piece of, of what I wanted to create. To me, you have to enjoy that process because yeah. I will see old friends. Um, I will have the opportunity to give speeches at, at different places yeah. and people will come up to me and say, oh my gosh, when I make it one day like you and every single time it takes me back, I'm like, oh, me? Have I made it? it? Me? Yeah. Oh, is she talking to the girl <laughs> behind me over my shoulder? Or what? You know, because yeah. you're so in yeah. it that um, you really do need to surround yourself with people that challenge you to take the time to celebrate the victories because, yeah. you know, no one um, – you know, on the outside, it might look like everything's shiny, but no one goes from A to Z yeah. without like a lot of good days and a lot of really challenging yeah. days. So to encourage yourself to enjoy the good days and to celebrate those victories, but to also you have to enjoy that process right. because when you're in it, as, as you know, as many people have told me great compliments about like making it and things sure. like that. And I, I just did an air quote because yeah. to me, I'm like, well, gosh, I'm, I'm just in it with everybody else. Like we're figuring out like what, yeah. what's the next thing that we need to conquer together to get to the next space. So there's, I will say there is a particular humility, um, in having worked with you before and having experienced kind of you in these growth phases, um, that I think is grounding and probably why you don't feel like you've arrived. And I would venture to say is a part of your success. Well, thank you very much. You're I take welcome. that as a very nice compliment. So it thank is. you. It, it was intended thank to you. be. Um, okay. So um, what do you think has been in the launching phase? What was the hardest part of actually launching? Mm -hmm. So for those listening, like, give us, you know, tell the truth, Allie. Like, what was the piece that was, it was really hard to get this piece of it off the ground? Um. To me, one of the biggest challenges is building a team. Okay. I have been very fortunate to have met some women and men along the journey with me, some who have been with me nine, seven, awesome. six, five wow. years in an 11 year business. That's a lot to say. And I'm yeah. so thankful for those people. Yeah. At the same time, I've also learned a lot about what it takes to find those people. And to celebrate them and respect them and say thank you to them because there are a lot of people as you build a com company, I would rather have a very strong sense of culture and be something really powerful to a smaller group than kind of something, yeah. you know, more nebulous to a larger sweep. But it's been a challenge for me to, to have the confidence to be clear on what I expect with people, yeah. to share proactively what the culture is and what our definition of success is because... My husband will often say, Allie, I don't think people believe that you literally jump out of bed every morning and you're like, we're going to conquer this today. Like, I really do feel like every day is like a challenge to, to learn and be your best self. And it's been upsetting, frustrating, interesting to me to find other people that are like-minded because yeah. those are the people I want to surround myself and with. I, and and my, that's, that's tough. That's been tough. My guess is because you came into this at an early age to probably even feel insecure at times about your age and oh, can yeah. I be saying this to this person and um and having to feel like you almost have to make up for your age in some way in fact I wanted to ask you about yeah. your age like please how um because you were so young 25 when you came into this mm -hmm. you lacked some experience so Absolutely. what what was that secret sauce for you what did you what did what did you make up for? What was it about you or about the concept that you feel like what I lacked in experience, I made up for in X? 
I think two things, uh, and this comes a lot from feedback with, from great friends like yourself and from clients, is that I have a genuine curiosity, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I really do think that I'm a good listener. I want to hear what the challenge is with this yeah. brand. I want to hear them. And the second thing is I am willing to work harder than most people I know. It does not matter. Nine to six does not exist to me. And so I will work as hard as it takes to hear, to do my best, to take what you, what I heard you say and try to do my part of what I said I would do. And, you know, whatever it takes to get there, I am unabashedly results focused that way. And how does that in, in that, because first of all, I really appreciate that. And, um, as a consultant in my other gig, um, I work with a lot of people who, don't have that approach and then I think are frustrated with their uh, lack of success okay, yep. or let's just say lack of accomplishing some of the goals mm-hmm. that they set out to do or they're, um, they're, not, they're not clear on what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're, they've set out to do so much that there's a lack of clarity so they're working really hard and they're, do, they're putting in tons of hours but they're not focusing that energy or time in the same way that a laser would focus in order to cut through something. So when you talk about putting in those hours, how have you learned to be smart about that so that you can get results? Ever since I was a little girl, my grandfather has told me, work hard and work smart. That's always the closer. You know, love you, work hard, work smart. And I think a lot of times people are so excited to be part of a project that they are not truly listening Mm. and they're not trying to get a direction. You know, you wouldn't just get in your car and start driving on to go on a road trip. Sure. You got to decide if you're going north or south, which direction on the four or five am I getting on? You know, yeah. I think people just sometimes just get in the car to your point and they just start driving. Yeah. And they've utilized all this gas and all this time and they've driven all these miles. But where are we driving to? Yeah. What kind of, oh, which, love, which way I do we need metaphors. to go? I right. This. I just, yeah. it paints a picture because how do you know if you've done a good job if you don't set goals? How do you know if you it's okay to go home at the end of the day if you don't have metrics for what is different stop points along that goal? You know, as we take on campaigns here at Bellari, we set goals internally with the clients. What are we trying to do so that we can decide right. to show someone this is how we've done it? Or we've fallen short, but here's what we've taken to get ourselves to the next step towards that goal. Because life is, like you keep saying, it's a journey, it's not a race. And you've got to map that out. I love that. I love that GPS. I'm going to use, I'm gonna, can I use that? Yes. I'll give you credit. I'll okay. Give you credit. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a question that um, I think I, is something I had to learn, um, again, and had to learn with clients. I approached entrepreneurship as anyone can do it. You just got to, you know, you got to know what you're doing and get clarity on, is this a viable idea? But we all have that in us. And I've come to realize, I don't know, over the last 17 years that I've been in this space, that it's actually not the case, that there is a personality type um, that is more appropriate for this entrepreneurial journey. What would you say it takes? If, if a friend of yours said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, um, what would you be looking for in her constitution as a person? Not even in the idea, but what do you think it takes to be an entrepreneur? I tell my team that success is how quickly you can get from your lowest low back to your highest high. 
To me, an entrepreneur gives themselves very minimal time to lament, to feel sad for themselves, to feel sorry. It is you will get knocked down every single day mm-hmm. and how fast you get right back up. And you say, okay, I took that as an opportunity to learn. Here's what I took from it. I'm going to get back to my high, high again. I love it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, your second quotable from Allie here. <laughs> I love that. Um, thank you for that. Do you, do you think there's, um, there's somebody that you would say, you know what? Perhaps entrepreneurship isn't for you. Do you think there's a personality that, or, or, or a quality in somebody? It's not bad. It's just don't, don't, don't do this to yourself. Absolutely, you don't to. I don't feel that all the time in the interview here and in their lives. You know, it's not just like we said. It's not what you do. It's where you do it. It's yeah. the environment that you do it in. Um, if you like really defined mm. roles. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm talking in circles because I said, you know, be definitive with what it is that you do. But as the entrepreneur, your job, especially in the early days, is, you know, everything, everything. (laughs) Who buys the computer? The Internet doesn't work. We just want a lot of business. The accounting, what's the year end tax forms, you know, employment laws have changed. There are it's such a catch all. So. Be definitive with what is it you like to do, but also the environment that you like to do it in. You know, you've got to like that frenetic energy. You have to be the kind of person that sees everything as a challenge to learn and grow and like that because you will be punched all kinds of different ways in directions you can't even believe. You're like, and then that happened? Yeah. And And it's not to say that you, like, I like getting beaten up, but I take it as, all right, I learned, and I'm going to get right back up, and right. I'm going to try the next thing again, and I'm going to say that I learned from that and not let it break me. Yeah. No, I actually think that's really true, and I and I understand the distinction between being definitive in goals and with clients versus somebody who wants a defined role. Those are two distinct things, and I totally appreciate that. Um, okay, I'm going to – it's impossible to be here with you in this office and not give our listeners some really solid public relations advice. And first, what I've learned is we need to define what that is because yes. I hear people all the time confusing PR with advertising or just now with social media, like blurring that line. Yes. So when we say public relations, what do we mean? So that's such a great point. I cannot cement that enough is when you go to hire a publicist, I don't only want you to think I want this person to get me publicity, but for what purpose? And I often challenge clients and brands when they come in here to say, define for me who your customer is and let's think about what he or she eats. I'm sorry, you know, watches, sleeps, uh, you know, uh, what magazines does she or he look at, what television shows, all of that stuff. What affects them? What's in their daily world? What's in their periphery? What other brands? What are the adjacencies? Why? How do they live their right. life? And then let's think about how to speak to that person consistently and effectively because we're very concise. So concise, consistent messages. And you can't do that if you're like, oh, I just want PR. Again, what direction are you driving in the car? Okay, I could get PR. Is it long, beautiful, glossy stories that might be, you know, more about storytelling? Is it frenetic, quick messages across social media because we're going after a millennial audience? What and where is your customer and how do we reach them? And that's the kind of public relations that you want. Okay. And you want your publicist to ask you those questions and to challenge you with, here's how we get to that customer based upon that. Okay. So let's say for those of us um, who are, 
in the ideation phase or who are even in the first three years, real startup phase, we don't tend to, our, our dollars are really spent on the infrastructure of the business, on hiring whatever help we need um, for the core uh, business to just do what we said we're going to do. And we think of PR as something we'll do when we grow up, when, yeah. we, when the business grows up. But it's actually, especially in this day and age, it's, it's something we need to be careful of. That, that thinking can actually make or break a brand. So how do we, give us some sort of DIY tips on what can we do to present that consistent messaging to our demographic, you know, by, by understanding, even if we're assuming, I don't really know, the data is not out there, but I can assume they're, you know, on this social platform or they're reading this or, or they eat here or they yeah. listen to this. What, what are some things that you would advise, you know, the, 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 those of us in that kind of DIY space? The first thing that I want a brand in that space to do is to be really clear and concise with their message. I tell brands, we want to start out with three talking points. What are the three most crucial talking points about this brand? I want you to say them to people, people that know you well, and hopefully people that don't. And then I want you to ask that person to say back to you what they think they heard. I want to make sure that you, how you're communicating, other people are hearing you in that same way. Mm -hmm. That message then will affect which medium helps that message to best resonate. Some are more visual. Some messages need to be, you know, more based with facts and infographics, et cetera. And then once we know our message in the medium, then that will create a really defined list of what those outlets will be. Mm-hmm. And I bet you if you go to those outlets with this really clear pitch because you've got this clean talking points and you know what the the support has to be for that, mm-hmm. I bet you can start to get some really powerful PR on your own that way because that connection will be really fluid. So we shouldn't be afraid of reaching out on our own. It's Not in- if you've done your work. Okay. I, you know, think about communicate with the media as you want to be communicated with. Would you like somebody who writes... Dear business owner, yeah, and it's a templated email that says, "Hey, we've we're I selling." I get those all the time. Oh, me too. And, and, I'm, and I, I immediately delete them. Right. Yeah. So I want you, as the business owner, to be thinking of how do I communicate, or how do I like to be communicated with, because you're talking about the most precious thing, sure, your business, sure. So show that person that you've thought it through, and I bet when those things align well, and you do a lot of that back work for them on knowing that this is the right person for this right medium. Yeah. With this right message, I bet that clicks more times than it doesn't. It's funny that is reminding me of your initial cover letter to Bob at ShopBot because you were taking those same principles to get a job. Yeah. Well, think about it. I like people that take work off my plate. Sure. I like people that make things easy for me sure. to give a yes to. Sure. Do the back. Do the background work. I often will change my writing style based upon the recipient. Again. You think about what the support is that goes with the recipient. Are they a visual person? Are they, you know, what is all of that makes it easier for them to publish it if they can pull and rip and repost and you've done the work? Yeah. I bet you're a lot more popular. I bet you get the answer you want a lot more. Yeah. Same thing with the business. If someone's pitching you accounting services or they're pitching you this new credit card, if they make it very easy or they make it challenging when you're kind of digging through the email, like what was this person yeah. asking me about? That's yeah. a game changer of a, a client or a response. Or not. And how does it serve me? You know, yeah. I think if you're if you're sending a PR message, you're announcing something to, let's say, an influencer. You want to you know direct message them on Instagram. 
there has to be a point of reference and a connection. And if you're just randomly like, oh, they've got lots of numbers. I want to be there. You've lost them. Yeah. There is no, there is no connection. Absolutely. No, our, um, our Bellari Instagram feed is very purposefully looks, um, you know, at least I hope it looks yeah. uh, like a lifestyle platform. And so we get a lot of inreach from various brands that say things and they haven't done any research, even read the two sentence bio and says like, dear blogger, we love your style. We'll send you stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, somebody's yeah. going out there and messaging things like this. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's a great tip in general when you're starting in business beyond public relations. But I so appreciate that because I think that, Again, that focus, going back to that focus, is what will set you apart, but will also, that's the, it kind of breaks, literally breaks the ice and kind of penetrates. That message can get beyond whatever the noise in that person's life that's trying to receive it. So I so appreciate that. Tell us, for those of us who then are graduating into the, we do have a little bit of money, um, we want to start with a, a PR firm, what should we be looking for and what should we run from as we start interviewing agencies or individuals who say, hey, I'm a PR consultant? Yeah, I, I don't love yes people. Um, you want your publicist to challenge you to ask questions. Again, those thoughtful questions that make you think and make sure that and shows that they're thinking. Who's your customer? How do you think we should get to them? What have been the best successful initiatives to date at reaching your core customer? What's fallen flat? Why? Why do you think? What are upcoming launches and initiatives? What direction is this business going? If your publicist in the interview stage is not asking those questions, what makes you think they're going to ask them or be yeah. thinking like that for you after they've onboarded? Or giving you their client? rates before they've asked any questions. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like are, they're qualifying you, which I understand and I respect as a business, but can you just ask a few questions? Huh? Can you just pretend that you're interested <laughs> and then tell me how much you cost? Right. I think that, yeah. Well, also, wouldn't the cost be associated with what the scope of work is? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to me. That's right. That's I think right. you need to understand what, what it is that we're trying to do together before I could tell you how much a Bellari yeah. rate is. Yeah, it's like a contractor saying, it's $100,000 and you haven't said, I just want you to do a bathroom or I or want you to do my whole Or we're taking over a $10,000 yes. or 10000 yes. square house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. No, I think that's that's good. Yeah. What, um, what would you say, if you can find this in a publicist, go for it. Like these are the, this is really where we here at Bolare or other agencies that you respect, this is where they have really been able to make the difference. They all equally ask good questions. They're not yes people. We got that. But what is the thing? Like, is there something in the personality of the person? Is there something that's maybe um, that you can kind of just sniff out and say they're going to be good? I look for people who have hustle and who are natural connectors. You know, a lot of what we do is about creating those adjacencies, whether it's with media outlets or, you know, other brands you might collaborate with, et cetera, and see how their brain works. You know, ask example questions that would lead them to, to share or not that okay. those type of qualities, um, you know, to be a natural connector that you can see the through line between a person and a brand, et cetera. That's, that's really what a great publicist does. Okay. And what, just define um, adjacency for us. Um, so you want not just to have wins, you don't just want press, but you want okay. press that speaks to your potential customer okay. audience. So you have to be able to see what those through lines are with here's my customer and that customer, well, gosh, the readership base of this type of outlet, 
well, man, those have got a similarity with my customer. I, I can okay. see that adjacency. I can see how those people's paths intertwine. Okay. That's really helpful. It's good to have some. We're here to define things. For, yes. For, yes. Yes. For and everyone. guys, I'm doing all kinds of hand motion. No, I know. She is. He's very thing. animated. Yeah. One of these days, we'll bring, we'll bring in a video for our second Ali Fister um, interview. So we got to wrap up. Ali's got a meeting here. Um, we're so thankful for this time, first of all. I'm it's really such an honor. For it. Thank it's you. So good to see you as well. Tell us just um, kind of for you in closing, what are your ideal clients? Like, let's flip it a little bit and yeah. say, what do our listeners, as they grow into these businesses, and some of them already are, what what do they need to look out for as they're approaching an agency? And what makes an, uh, a, a client ideal for you? And the, like, you're eager and excited to work with them. I want a customer who knows their brand, knows their brand so well, and is unabashedly unafraid to say, this is my brand and all of their collateral supports that message. If they, it's a clothing brand and they say, we do, you know, our customer is the millennial boho girl who lives on the coast. I want all of the photo shoots, product descriptions, social to support that it's that gal. We're sitting in a room right now. I'm actually off to Europe later tonight with, you know, fine European furniture and the price point is high and the style is directive and it all speaks to fine European style. I want those kind of customers because if you know yourself, you know your brand, we can then help advise who and how to help get your brand in front of. That's that's great. And I think in general, a great piece of advice um, for us as we look to preparing for working with an agency to really not do it before we've done that homework um, it, and protect us um, from that investment. Like you're not ready. If somebody's saying yes to you before that, you're really not ready. You work too hard for all that, for that money that you're yeah. spending. Yeah. You're bootstrapping your business. You spend all the time fundraising. Be very tight with those dollars and cents. Make sure it's because you know that you're giving that person the tools to be successful for you. And how do you do that? It's because you know what success is for you. You know what direction you're going in. I really can't think of another way to end this uh, Liberty session. So thank you so much, Allie. I can't wait to get this out into the universe. Um, for everyone listening, please check out Allie Fister. Her uh, Instagram hash or her Instagram handle is, is Allie Bilari. Fister. Or and, then, yeah, and Bilari. And Bilari. And it's just Bilari, B-O-L-L-A-R-E. Yes. Correct? Yes. All right. Well, we'll be checking you out. And we're going to catch up with a video one. We got to see all these hand motions next time. Thanks so much, Allie. Safe travels to Europe. Thank you so much. Off to London tonight. All right. Take care. Bye. Please connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her, L-I-B-E-R-T-Y-F-O-R-H-E-R. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. Thanks so much for stopping by.